Dojo, Dynamite 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 Dojo, with Rich and Ashley. Hey guys, this is Ashley and Rich here with episode 30 of Dojo and Dynamite. It is Thursday, May 21st. We are dropping this episode a little bit early this week to give you a Dynamite recap so we can gear up for Double or Nothing. Uh, yeah. We're trying our very best to get it done. We got a lot going on this weekend. Busy weekend. We have a lot going on this weekend. We have a lot on Saturday. We have some surprises, but... More or less, we have a live Twitch with the Queen of NE, which is going to be exciting. 1.30 on Twitch. 1.30 in the afternoon, Eastern Time. Yep, given our double or nothing predictions and getting ready for the show. We'll be meeting with her. We will don't know how it works, but we'll find out. But you can come live. We've never done live before. We've never done this. No. No, no so we haven't. we are going big leagues. We are going live. So, Ashley... Don't fuck up. I'm a bit nervous. (laughs) A lot of pressure. It is. It's like going from Tuesday Smackdown, which aired on Thursdays, to Monday Night Raw Live. Like all these independent wrestlers going live to TNT. Oh, boy. A lot of pressure. But we will be providing a recap of the Double or Nothing pay-per-view on Sunday. Yeah, the uh, Double or Nothing recap will be out Sunday So we'll call this a quick, rather quick, we'll call it a quick review, preview, not review, preview. We'll do a preview of Double or Nothing, a recap of the previous Dynamite as we get ready, the go-home show, to the biggest pay-per-view of the year, give or take. Yeah, I mean, this is, again, it's the first anniversary. I mean, this is kind of what started it all last year. Of course, they announced the the company, but... Yeah, I mean, Double or Nothing was... I guess it wouldn't be the homecoming because they had a homecoming dynamite, so it was called homecoming. So we'll just call it the second ever Double or Nothing. I call it Double or Nothing 2. They're calling it just Double or Nothing, so... It's a big deal, and yeah, looking forward to it. All right, more on Double or Nothing later, though. Let's get down to business. Dynamite opened with John Moxley, our AEW World Champion, versus Ten of the Dark Order. It did open with Ten, but there was a segment prior to the match that I, in particular, had a fucking problem with. Oh, that's right. And that was the peanut gallery of wrestlers. Now, I again, I understand why they did it. I understand they had an audience there, but the audience doesn't heckle. On the same magnitude. Maybe on an indie show. But you know the AEW audience. We know the AEW audience. Everybody watches it live on TNT Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern. They're very respectful for promos. They listen to what you have to say. During this promo, the main event counterpart of John Moxley. Mr. Brody Lee. Mr. Brody Lee, the exalted one of the Dark Order. He is a very important figure, not only in AEW, but for the pay-per-view. This pay-per-view is $50 on Bleacher Report Live in the United States. 
International prices are different. In the United States, it is $50 on Bleacher Report Live. It's available, I believe, on cable. This guy is headlining the main event of what is considered their biggest show, and they have to sell the pay-per-views. They're not, they're not collecting gate. They're not getting ticket revenue right now. They are running shows with no audience, and this is a big endeavor for this organization. And he is cutting a promo, preparing against Moxley, going up in the main event of Double or Nothing. Again, I'm repeating myself, and the peanut gallery of wrestlers is heckling him during the middle of a promo that is supposed to feel important. That's supposed to give life to a feud that outside of the traditional realm of wrestling fans, we'll call them the casual fans, have to buy the pay-per-view. You are selling the legitimacy of Mr. Brody Lee and the Dark Order. An organization that kind of floundered, not when it, well, when it debuted, I guess, right? When it debuted. But it kind of floundered when it returned after all those great vignettes. And the audience, which is comprised mostly of wrestlers, I don't know if there's crew involved, but mostly of other talent, is heckling him on the opening of the promo. Now, given the rest of the show, with all due respect, they did not do that again. No, no, they didn't. Um, It was a bit distracting. Immediately felt not important. I like the one comment Mr. Brody Lee made, uh, something about, you know, we're adults here having a conversation. He tried to get everyone to quiet down. And I thought that was cool. But I, you would I don't think know that if... they're peers. You would think they're co-workers. They would think about what this is going to be conveying to the live television audience. I don't know if it's because he's a heel and they're giving him heat. Like, I, I don't know. But it, it was distracting. It, it was. I, I didn't like it at all. I, I was very against it. I was very, very against it. I, I have to say... All things considered, the show itself, it started out on a limp. It just, it fell a little flat. It did. And I, I, I started watching it. That immediately took me out of it. When they were heckling him, I felt bad, first of all. But you have to understand from a presentation standpoint, this is not going to look good on television. That was the first time, I think, that he has, like, physically addressed the audience. And it was a good promo. It was. The promo was fine. I wasn't able to really gather the importance of what he was telling me because of what happened in the background. It was too distracting. But Moxley faces 10. It's obvious to me that 10 is not ready or cleared to wrestle on this type of capacity yet or in this capacity yet. It's okay. He's got a great look. As you said, I really hope that those two check marks or those tally marks are not real tattoos because I don't know who wants to have those on I their chest. I think they ended up coming off, if I'm not mistaken. My goodness. He really took his gimmick to life, I guess, if he didn't. Uh, the match itself was a C. It was okay. It got Moxley highlighted. He went after Brody Lee. They sacrificed 10, who apparently is his right-hand man, but went down pretty quick. Where the hell's Evil Uno? I guess this is what they're doing. I, I did see, and I you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, it had to do with him actually being Canadian. Oh. Yeah, oh, and that's okay. why he can't come here. He's currently in Canada. Okay. I don't know if it's by choice or if it's by restrictions. I am not following the international travel restrictions that coronavirus has created. So you guys can fill us in. Fan participation, Ashley. We're going to try this again. I don't know the answer to this. So I, I, I heard that. I'm not going to confirm that. I, just, I heard that's why he hasn't been present. That but would make sense. 
they're going to be utilizing 10. I think 10 had a good look. I, Nothing I think wrong with 10. The the promo, aside from the you know the background noise, the match itself, the the after match antics with Brody Lee sacrificing Ten and Mox essentially breaking his arm, it served its purpose. I agree. I agree. I I, I don't think there was anything wrong specifically w- what it was. It just was a C. It was building up. Brody Lee still has the title belt. He escaped Moxley's clutches. He sacrificed the guys to Mox just like he did last week. And now they're going to be tying up. For a wrestling fan, John Moxley versus Brody Lee, for a diehard wrestling fan, is money. Yeah. I wish it was a hardcore match. They'll do some type of shenanigans, some type of antics. Moxley and Brody Lee are not going to have a standard traditional wrestling match. I think it's in their blood to obliterate each other. But to the casual audience, my big question is, do you think this is really a selling point? And I'm not trying to be critical here, but there's something about this matchup that is signaling kind of this red flag in my brain that is telling me it's not good. And I don't know what it is, because when you put the pieces together, John Moxley versus Brody Lee, Exalted One versus the World Champion, the story's been great. His character's been good. The vignettes have been good. The promos have been good. The Dark Order's been good. John Moxley's been terrific, as always. He's been exciting. He's cutting great promos. He's the people's champion. Well, I wonder if it's the build with the surrounding circumstances. Everything's been good, but just life has such a lull on it right now. It like, just, it just feels we're like... in limbo, like I keep saying. Yeah, and, and this feels complacent. Maybe that's the word. I just, it's not about us wrestling fans. It's about how are we going to attract the casual fans? And I don't know if Brody Lee and John Moxley are going to do that. John Moxley, of course, is. John Moxley can main event against anybody. That's the new main eventer. It's not a single guy or incapacity, a guy who just brings in ratings. It's kind of who can you pair together to make money? John Moxley, Jericho. John Moxley, Cody. Cody, Kenny. Cody Jericho. These guys are great. When Moxley faces somebody, and it's Moxley versus Jericho, it's main eventing revolution. When it's Moxley versus Brody Lee, it's main eventing double or nothing. But for some reason, I don't know what it is, it feels... Maybe you're right. What you said, I think, is right. It's this kind of complacency because of the quarantine. It feels like everything doesn't really matter, but it does at the same time. Yeah. It feels like everything's on hold right now as much as it isn't and everything is still moving forward. Yeah, but I I guess like in the wrestling world, you don't have an audience there to kind of tell you that we're progressing. It's just kind of this, let's throw something to the wall and hope it kind of sticks. And I think with AEW right now, that's what they're doing. And maybe with all this type of everything else, there's so much outside distraction, so much interference. It's So many things are not normal that it just kind of takes away from what's happening. But there are some really high-impact, high-velocity, as you can call it, matches on this card. Like the ladder match. Like the Nyla Rose-Hikaru Shida no-disqualification match. Matches that feel like we're going to be hitting hard. Cody and Archer, which we'll talk about later. But one match, very similar to the John Moxley 10 match, was Marco versus MJF which is another match, MJF versus Jungle Boy, which feels like it was thrown together. Yeah, I, I hear you. Uh, this was 
I don't know. This match just didn't really do it for me. The the beginning of the show, like I said, just just fell a little flat. I feel like. I don't think it was a full hour worth, but it did fall flat. Yeah, I, I the Moxley versus Ten match. Obviously, it's filler. It's there to tell the story. I think the match. No, and that was effect. <clears throat> like it was effective. I think the match would have been better. It was effective, and I think the match would have been more effective if I wasn't so irritated at the damn peanut gallery. If I wasn't so irritated about what happened when it started, kind of be like, come on, guys, just let the guy talk. I, I was thinking about it from a production standpoint because I've been in that situation before where you have somebody who is throwing off the entire rhythm of what you're doing and you're trying to run the visual aspect here. Someone's trying to cut a promo and you got all this peanut gallery in the back and you know that, guess what? It's not going to convey well. So I think that the first part was more effective maybe than this one, but the MJF Jungle Boy thing was almost thrown together because they had to put them on the card. I feel less value in this match. It's going to be a great match. MJF and Jungle Boy have shown, even on Dynamite, that they've, they have a great rapport with one another. No, I, I absolutely loved their, their last matchup, and I think it's great when you have the, the younger guys pairing off or facing off because it gives them a chance to... And they mesh really well. It gives them a chance to showcase their their abilities, build a, a rapport with each other and with the audience, and that's how you build stars. And we're going to watch these two grow right before our eyes. But this, I don't know, this match just didn't do it for me. No, I, I gave it a C. I mean, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't awful. The Marco stunt kind of been doing some of that, I don't want to call it a jobber, but They've been utilizing him in a manner where he's been getting crushed. I understand his size. I get that. But they've been doing it a lot. I guess it is all hands on deck. You kind of want to keep everybody in that ladder match strong. Because you want to give that appeal that anybody can win this. So I understand why you used Marco. You didn't want to put Luchasaurus in there. You didn't You didn't want to do that. You want well, to keep... also, why are we going to have Luchasaurus versus MJF? I feel like MJF would have thrown a fit over that. I, maybe we could have done that, though. I guess, yeah. Maybe it could have been something that was better than Marco versus MJF. Maybe the story would have been better. What I did enjoy very much, though, was Tony Schiavone on commentary this week. Uh, he just bashed MJF, and it was hilarious. He is super funny, and he was very, very quick. He always is, but we've been watching so much WCW that I really zoned in on Tony this week, and he's good. He, he's come full circle. He, you know, he said himself personally he was out of wrestling for as long as it was. He was mentally checked out. He came back. It took him a little while, but now he's back in the swing. And watching the WCW, you see what he's like in the swing, and he's back. He's sassy. But, but the cruiserweights in the WWE have always been treated very poorly. In WCW, they are the thing to watch. And not to be critical, again, this is not to be critical of the individuals in AEW, but watching guys like Sammy and Darby, that's like watching the cruiserweights. It feels like this is high intensity and they are moving. Different styles of wrestling, of course. But watching Eddie Guerrero and Chris Jericho is like watching Darby Allin and Sammy Guevara. That's why watching these young guys match up is really great. MJF versus Jungle Boy is going to be a good matchup. It just feels like, I don't know why we did it, maybe just to get MJF on the card. Because he was injured. He wasn't around. Again, everything's just kind of doing what it, what it's doing. But the show started on a limp. But then it picked up. It did, yeah. The next segment, which was Jake the Snake facing off against Arn Anderson, 
verbal altercation. This got me super hyped. This was great. I think this is great. This is where the show, I feel like, turned. Yeah, I agree. Everything started to pick up. Ric Flair is nothing without Arn Anderson. People forget how good Arn Anderson is. That's my hot take. But people forget how good Arn Anderson is on the mic. We've been watching the WCW with the Four Horsemen. He is gold on the mic. And I thought this was great. The the rapport that these two had, and, and Jake the Snake put it best, we didn't get to tie up in the ring. And then they teased having a match. And, like, and I would pay for that. Money. I would, I would absolutely I pay for that. I want to see that. You want that on pay-per-view to 65-year-old men. <laughs> legends in the business slugging it out I will absolutely pay for that oh hands down but the chemistry they had together all things considered they haven't been doing it together as you talked about they haven't had a chance they've crossed paths but haven't had the chance to work together the chemistry they had was great I liked all of it I thought this was a very very good segment I gave this segment an A some people didn't like it I saw they, they kind of didn't love the se- I thought it was very I thought it was great no I was I was glued to the television um I, and then when they teased the the, the face off I like looked at you and I was like oh my god this <laughs> like, match has got the most heat it does and you know what this what was so great about this this segment is that not the match between Jake and Arn because it's not happening it might, but it might what was so great about this is they built so much heat and so much animosity for this match, and the participants were not even on the show. No, and that's great. We didn't and see again, them at and all. And all they did, don't forget, this was a great segment. And three weeks ago, people were shitting all over the Cody matches because all these managers were doing too much. Yeah. This made this match even better. And yeah. I was ready for Cody and Archer. And Mike Tyson's going to be there. Don't know what the fuck Mike Tyson's going to do, but he's going to be there. And he called Brandy a bimbo. And I was like, Jake, no. And then he smiles about it. Good. It's it's not it good, good, it was good, but shit. it's good. <laughs> like, it's an A. Uh, it was a great segment. It was a great promo. That's it's like good anger shit. inducing. It's good shit. But it, it's good shit. This, this, was, this was really awesome. And give us Arn versus Jake right now. The hot streak continued afterwards. We had Orange Cassidy versus Ray Phoenix. Anytime Orange Cassidy's wrestled, it's been very entertaining. I love it. He was he was firing on all cylinders. Um, I enjoyed it. Solid B. I mean, match was easily a B. Well, he lost. And Phoenix just like froze upset. in midair. Oh my god. And just decides, fuck it. I'm just going to stop rotating and drop straight to the floor. That was scary. I don't know what the hell was going on. You had four guys there, and they're like, all right. And then instead of falling on the four guys, he just drops straight down to the floor. He's not injured? I don't believe so. I hope he's okay. I I, I believe he's all right. But the funny thing about Ray Phoenix is they're assuming it's going to be something like Cole Cabana who hit a perfect moonsault. Beautiful. I hate Cole Cabana, but it was a perfect moonsault. And Ray Phoenix jumps up on the top. Phoenix, Phoenix, however. He jumps up off the top. And I think they were expecting something of the same distance because they were kind of away. Because no one expects this. You know, he just goes straight up and then straight down. Didn't Colt go second? 
Colton went second. Oh, yeah. That's a tr- but I'm saying in the sense that would be like a traditional move. You're expecting to kind of get the distance. Like Orange Cassidy kind of got the distance. Ray Phoenix didn't get any distance. He oh, went boy. straight up and straight down. There's like a meme or like a, a, a gif or a gif, whatever the hell you pronounce it. It's like a little video. There's a guy, I believe, and he does a shooting star press, and he stays in the same place, and he lands back on the turnbuckle on his stomach. That's kind of what happened to Phoenix. He just went up, stopped moving, and hit the ground. Well, we're glad he's okay. Yeah, yes we are. Uh, but this this was cool. A uh, great way to showcase Orange Cassidy because he's a treat and we don't see too much of him. He's got a very unique wrestling style. He does. And he does. And Jim it. Ross made a nice point. He talked about him... He says, you know, this guy's been an 18-year veteran. Yeah. He's a veteran of 18 years in the business. He knows or what was he's it, doing. was it 14 and he looks 18? Maybe it's 14 years he and he looks He made a comment 18. about how he looks so young. And he had um, great skin care. Yes. No scurvy. But. Vitamin C. Terrible joke. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible joke. But. Orange Julius. Orange Julius, our friend. I said, I said to him, I go, you know, he just lost on Dynamite. And he goes, that's fucking bullshit. Oh yeah, he <laughs> was yeah. not happy. But this was great. This is a match I am yeah, I really this. looking forward to. Uh, great way to get all the participants involved. Uh, Post match antics. Give me some Scorpio. Kip Sabian had a fantastic outfit. Shirt buttoned way too low. Oh boy. I don't like the cuffed shorts though. I'm not a big cuffed shorts fan. You're not really a shorts. No, of a people guy. don't see my legs. No, no, not that they ever have. Uh, um, you ever see my legs? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I gotta hide them better. Uh, um, but yeah, this I think might be the match I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, I I, I think this is the one that has the most excitement. You got Darby Allen who cut. It was a terrific video. Terrific vignette. That was arguably the best Darby Allen vignette. He's done really good vignettes. His videos are great. That was arguably the best Darby Allen vignette. Did Darby even come out in this? No. He didn't, no. No, he didn't have to. Yeah, that's true. That was that was a fantastic video. I enjoyed that very much. Well, Darby is Except gold. he lit himself on fire. Do not try this at home, children. He did light himself on fire. He did. Just do not try this on at home. top of a ladder. That's like Jeff Hardy shit. Nice. But do not try this at home. But we're trying to keep it short here. Yes, we are. So, moving on, we had women's tag team action. Dr. Britt Baker and our women's champion, Nyla Rose, versus Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida. I've always been a huge fan, and I told you this when it happened. I've always been a big fan of having the opponents in a tag opposite each other. For sure. I don't know why. I, I like that. I'm a fan of that. I would do that. I would book that. It, it just, it's a way to add story and combine pieces of story together instead of just, here's a stranger, here's a stranger, you guys tag team. But we also have some of that camaraderie with Hikaru Shida and Chris Statland to yeah, begin with. Yeah, they've teamed together a few times. So they've been advertising mm-hmm. that, which I, I enjoy. I, th- I thought this match was much better than the Fatal 4-Way. Yeah, this seemed to click a little bit better. The rust um, has kind of been shaken off, I guess you could say. I, I For some reason, the Fatal 4-Way, I, and I, I talked about it, it wasn't a brutal match. There were some mistakes. It's, it happens. When you're off for a month, I mean, again, 
this craziness. But the Fatal 4 match, for whatever reason, I just did not like. It was a personal opinion, personal feeling. I did not like it. This match that was fine. I gave a solid B. I thought it was a good match. They, they got along really well together. I guess Nyla was in this one. Penelope was in the other one. But the same people, more or less. I thought this was good. Um, you know, Sheeta didn't look too happy when she came out during her entrance. Pissed off that Nyla essentially stole her fucking kendo stick and beat her over the head with it. And, you know, the ending of the match, putting Nyla through the table. It set the tone. Yeah. It this, set the tone. I have been saying for months... That all I want is Nyla versus Sheeta, tables versus Kendo Stick. I think I said this uh, back on New Year's Day when we had that first Fatal 4-Way match. And I hope that this is brutal. You have been plugging a lot for Nyla versus Sheeta. Forever. Yeah, and that's I'm a match you want to see. With no DQ. So I'm, I'm exactly, the winner of you this booked match. It. You booked it. You, um, you predicted it. You, you booked it. Thank you very much, everyone. But I think... I have very high expectations for this match, and I fully expect it to del- to deliver. And then you had the unfortunate situation with Britt Baker, which no. it looked like she got injured on that maneuver in the corner. No actual announcement. No update yet, on it. Right. It looked a little bit uncomfortable. I mean, she she got rolled up on the leg. I think it was a suplex or like a he threw Nyla on, onto her. I believe. Mm-hmm. And it was a bump where her leg kind of got caught underneath her, I believe. It kind of crushed her leg. And they showed the replay. I they think, did. I think you missed it initially. And they showed the a- replay afterwards, and you didn't like it. She, yeah. and Well, I didn't like it because they showed a picture, an image. It wasn't an image. It was a moving picture. So it was a video. It was a live. Replay. <laughs> it was a replay. It wasn't a replay. It was after, I guess, she came out of it. She was on all fours and she was kind of walking toward the corner where Sheeta and Statlander were. And I would call it crawling. It's not really walking if you're on all fours. But she was on all fours, and her face looked like she was in pain. Looked very uncomfortable. And they had her then afterwards with the doctor, and the camera it cut stayed to away. it. Yeah. Well, but at first, they did they show did her show with, it, the, yeah. with the doctor, and I thought that was a bit strange because at the beginning of the match, Britt didn't want to wrestle. Right, she was and then avoiding. You, she was avoiding. Oh, it, it felt like in. it. It felt like it meshed. It did, yeah. But then they went to like the ending, and then they kind of went to the table spot, which was a great table spot, I set the tone, perfect. But yep. it was a way to kind of hide moving Baker out of the way. Yeah, I've read a lot on Twitter today that she may be seriously. It's a injured. smart strategy because listen, if there is something going on, you may not want to put her on television. You don't want to create the speculation. You don't want people to assume something. So you have the table spot, you take her out around the back of the ring, you kind of get her out, television doesn't see her. I don't remember if they did show her, I don't remember seeing her. I don't remember seeing yeah, her so either. So they get her out, nobody sees it, but she was definitely in distress, I'll call it that, after the move. She definitely looked very uncomfortable. I think, yeah, that was her last That's an unfortunate bit in the situation. Um, they did... Later on in the night, they still announced and they they uh, advertised it today. Statlander versus versus. And Dr. the one Britt. thing about Britt Baker, though, and again, it's you want to knock on wood. You don't want anybody to be seriously injured. You do not oh, want of that, course not. especially during these uncertain times. But the one thing about Britt, the one positive she has is she's not a work rate successor. 
it's not all about what she does in the ring. So even if she does, even if she is injured, even if she cannot compete for a period of time, whether or not it's long or short, she will definitely carry the mic. Absolutely. And she'll continue the yeah, story and she'll tell you exactly who been... she is. And that's something that you cannot teach. And think about it, though. Like, if she's going to, if she does miss a period of time, we don't know what's happening. But imagine how they can use that in the videos, in her oh, yeah. promos. She'll stay relevant. She'll stay heated, especially and, if we get an audience back got, eventually like, at some point. Almost, you, I think you referred, referred to her as the, the female MJF before. Where she's, I may have, yeah. Where she's going to overcome this and she's fucking better than you. Like, I feel like she they is kind, do, I, I think I did mention that there was I a feel comparison. Like I want her, I obviously I don't want her to be injured and I don't want to not have Dr. Britt on my television, but I think they will find ways to make it. There's also one of the marquee matchups. Chris Statlander versus Britt Baker is kind of a good sell for the pay-per-view. So that's, yeah. you, know, you don't, you know, two you don't want to lose that. You don't want to lose that. Um, but wishing, wishing her the best, but, you know, I, there's still ways that she can be around. But that brings us to the main event of the evening, which was Matt Hardy versus Sammy G. Which I thought the match was fine. I thought the segment was great. I gave the whole thing an A. I thought everything was great. I, well, I mean, we can't really talk too much about the match. I love the, the opening of the eye of Sammy Guevara, the whole, like... Damascus character, the whole thing about Matt Hardy is great. Well, Sammy had some great in-ring psychology. Uh, he learned from last week with the twist of fate, blocked it with his hands. Awesome. He ultimately fell victim to the twist of fate again. But the Young Bucks returned. As did a seemingly sober Hangman Adam Page. As did the most important man in the world, I guess, to every AEW fan and myself. We have waited to see Adam Page. And that motherfucker ran across the entire football field. That was like the fastest thing I've ever seen. They they have a weird camera angle, and I go, what the hell is that? And you go... What, the board with inner circle written on the top? And I go, no, that. And there's a moving object coming at us at full speed. That was great. That was great. Hangman came to the rescue of his friends. And then left. Yeah, I teared up a little bit. And then I was like, it's fine. We're still doing the same thing. (laughs) They're still not okay. Um, No, but that that was really cool. That's what we all needed. Great Would ending. it have been better if he came out on a fucking horse and rode across the field? No. I he he was booking it. <laughs> he he was moving across um, that field. I, was I he was booking it in cowboy impressive. boots. He's been running through the woods, I guess. Um, running away from things. This was fantastic. Nick Jackson, guys, is back. So is Matt Jackson. Nick they're is, both they're both back. Nick is back. We have not seen Nick since he got injured. At we the don't hands know his percentage, Ashley. You can't just assume. The inner circle. I'm What's not his going percentage? To assume. We don't better know. Better than ever. Vanguard one's not around. And oh my god, no, he's not. R.I.P. But I can't wait for Nick to get his revenge. He's gonna carry them. Two victory. So a stadium stampede, stadium two rings, stampede. two rings. No, I think it's just one. A one ring. 
don't know, JR. I thought he said two rings are set up at midfield. At first, he said the rings are at the 50-yard line. Okay. But then later on, he said ring. So I... There was a moment that Jim announced there was going to be... I don't know. There was a moment that Jim announced that there was going to be a battle royal on June 3rd. Winner faces the TNT champion. No, battle royal next week. On June 3rd. No, they face the winner. There's a battle royal next week on June 3rd. They face the winner. No. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. There's a battle royal next there is a battle royal next week. Where Ashley? the winner Ashley. <laughs> Fan participation. Fan there is a battle royal at some point within the next two weeks. Please. On June third. Please, you're just digging yourself a deeper hole. Fan participation next week. Let us know feedback at any point in time over the next couple of days you listen to this podcast when is the battle royal actually put your phone down we are not doing this this is to include the fans they need to feel like they are a part of this and on saturday live they will be get ready clearly you don't like the fans you're anti she's anti-fans guys but the winner of the battle royal faces the tnt champion and i was waiting for jim to flub no, and give it away. He would never. I because the way he was, he goes, he's gonna go on the face, and I go, he's gonna say it. He's gonna say he was gonna win the match. I I waited for it. It didn't happen. Damn right it didn't. It, consummate professional. I probably would have fucked it up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but good for Jim. That's why he's in that position. Fan participation. Let us know what day it is. Not the day that you listen to it or what day it is today. The day that the Battle Royals occurring and when they will be facing the TNT champion. Do not look it up. But before we conclude, because it is going to be a short one before we conclude, we don't want to forget about the Sean Spears. Oh my god, Sean Spears news. I loved it. I fucking loved it. I, I'm a huge, as you know, I'm a huge Sean Spears fan. This was... So I thought this was a great way, a different way, a unique way to convey a different aspect of his character. It gave him some depth. It, it really did. Um, I loved the intro where he gave that, like... He retires Dustin for kind a of creepy oh, no. smile to the camera. He's like, I'm Sean Spears. And then he just smiles and... Okay, Sean. Uh, but I, I thought it was hilarious. And then, yes, Dustin retires, and then... He, he, no, he, he retired Dustin. He chose well, he Dustin... he announced it, yeah. 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 And then he challenges Dustin to a match, and he goes, you know... I wonder well, what his source is. He goes, his, himself. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but he, he goes, well, uh, I, I announced it, so it has to happen. You know, it's, it's, it's public. You have, to, you have to do it. He goes, and we're taking like, initiative. I'm willing it to happen. It's, it's occurring. And it's like, that's a different... Sean Spears. I, it was good. I, I, I it thought was it good. was fantastic. That was great. And I'm, I'm actually looking forward to seeing Sean Spears versus Dustin. I love Dustin. And you love Sean Spears. And I like so. Sean Spears. So I think this is going to be a really... This is a match I saw this and say, yeah. Didn't realize I needed it. But see, this is another thing. You know, you could say it's thrown together. But no, that this little one element felt, feels complete. This one felt like it came together. I know it was short notice. But it felt like it wasn't put together. Like the the one that I'm having a big problem with, the the Brody Lee Moxley thing. That's a different story. There is a story here. He stole the belt. He's leading the Dark Order, and Tony goes, "You know what? I'm right. It is a cult." He he was so funny. He was and so he's, funny he was right. Night. But 
that this there's nothing wrong with the story. I for some reason in my gut something feels off about this. But the MJF Jungle Boy just feels thrown together. Like there was no rhyme, no reason why this was happening. It's happening. Well, I'm going to do some fan participation here. Did we miss something with that that backstory cuz I well, know they, they when... had faced a couple times. No, they had and Tony announced, you know, you're going to be facing Jungle Boy at Double or Nothing and MJF got all pissed and Tony leaves. Um so I mean we we had that announcement, but was there something that we're missing a piece to the story it just that just kind of came out of nowhere. Or is... it felt like it did. It felt like it just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, so fill us in if there's something that we're overlooking. Fan participation. I guess maybe they didn't want MJF in the ladder match because he wasn't going to win it. They wanted to keep him away. He's going to earn his title shot in his own way by building it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't have a problem with the match itself. They, I, I well, we like could do the a, a quick rundown of predictions. I'm going to take, we're going to do a handful. I'm going to take Moxley over Brody Lee. I think you're going to agree. I will also take the Mox Man. I'm going to take Scorpio Sky in the ladder match. I think you agree. Stop stealing my picks. I am going to take the Inner Circle over the Elite. No, I'm taking the Elite. Nick is going to win it all. I'm taking Dustin over Sean Spears because my guy. I'm going to take Sean Spears. I'm going to take Hikaru Shida over Nyla Rose. Ooh. My heart says Shida. And if the Britt Baker match happens, I'm taking Britt Baker. And I'm going to go with Jungle Boy giving MJF his first loss. All right. And I forgot about Cody and Archer, and I kind of think it's going to be Lance Archer. My gut's telling me, Cody, I'm taking Archer. But you didn't give me time to respond for the other ones, so I'm going to take Chris Statlander. I'm going to take MJF. And I'm going to take Lance Archer also. And I have to remember these predictions because we're doing this again on Saturday. I won't remember it. I may change it. Call me out on it. I want to be wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. But with that, uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, yeah, let us know what you thought. Do you have any comments, questions? Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter. Dojo and Dynamite on Instagram. Dojo and Dynamite at gmail.com. We have really cool things coming. Exciting. Double or nothing is kind of the biggest show of the year, yet we can't be there. Nobody's going to be there. We're going to order it on pay-per-view, but we're still excited. Hell yeah. This weekend's going to be a party. Come hang out with us on Twitch. Hang out with us on Twitter. We'll be live tweeting during the show. And we will be back later this weekend giving you the Double or Nothing recap. Thanks, guys.